This is the day the Lord has made. Thank you for joining us in worship today. We praise God for you and however you're listening. We pray the message you receive will allow you to strengthen your relationship in Christ and build his kingdom as we seek God, shape lives, and serve the world. Most of this month we've been teaching, preaching, and sharing about the Great Commission. We have been commissioned by God to do something. Now I'd like for us to always remember this. Once we were saved, we were not just saved to be saved. Let me say it again. We were not saved just to be saved. Now I know we know God loves us individually. God loves us all. And we want to be saved, and we do recognize that the reason most of us got saved was because we didn't want to go to hell. We want to make heaven our home. But just think about it. If that was the only reason you were saved, when you got saved, then God should have took you home. So the fact that we're still living and breathing on this side means there's work for us to do. The great commandments say we ought to love him with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. And that means we ought to love others as we love ourselves. And the way we show our love for God is by loving others. But then with all this love that we have for loving others and caring for others, he then gives us a great commission to go. To go and make disciples. He loves us enough that he wants us to reach those who may not know him who he also loves. Now, let me help us with this, because you might say, well, I don't think God loved everybody. Well, the Bible says, for God so loved the world, that's everybody, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believed in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I like the 17th verse, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. I don't know why it is that once we get saved, we think it's our job to start condemning folk. Jesus loved everybody. And God loved the world and he sent Jesus who died. So he then commissioned us to go and make disciples. And we've been talking about going and make disciples. Now disciples are learners. But they're not just someone who's learning. Disciples are learning so they can disciple others. In other words, disciples make disciples. So, so if you are a disciple, you ought be making disciples. Yeah, yeah, you ought be walking, talking, living in such a way that others can see your good works and give God glory. So I want to encourage all of us today to realize that it's not people with the titles, but it's every last one of us who are saved, who have accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. We are his disciples, and we are his disciples by the virtue of we are discipling others. And that's needed in such a time as this. He says, go make disciples. That's our charge. That's our commission. But then we go to Matthew 9, where Jesus is teaching, he's preaching, he's proclaiming, he's healing, he's ministering to the people. All people. He's, Jesus is ministering to the people. And while he's doing all of this ministry, he looks out, he sees the crowds. He sees the people. 
The Bible says he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless. Harassed and helpless. Mm. Well, what do you mean by harassed and helpless? He gave us a little analogy here. He says it's like sheep without a shepherd. Now, you can't be in a worse predicament than to be sheep without a shepherd. I mean, sheep on their own devices, it's just terrible. It's almost suicide. Sheep really didn't have enough sense to do some things to care for themselves. It's like when you read in Psalm 23 that he leads you beside still waters. Well, the reason for being led by a shepherd to still waters, that if sheep tried to eat or try to drink from a rushing stream, they could literally drown. But the shepherd knows the sheep need still waters. They don't have no protection. They're like folk without protection. That they're just going about, they're going about, going about, and can be consumed by any and everything all over the world. Uh, They could be running from danger and run right off a cliff. When when he said sheep without shepherds, he was saying that they're vulnerable. They're putting themselves in a very harmful situation. And and Jesus saw this. He saw them being defenseless and subject to even being starved to death because they can't really get their own food without being led to the pastures where they can, in fact, eat. Wandering from pillar to post. Like my grandmom used to say, from pillar to post. Just wandering. Anything goes. Literally, just, just anything goes. I just... I just want to do what feels good to me, even though it may not be best for it. But look at what Jesus didn't say when he saw them in his condition. Jesus did not say when he saw the crowds, he didn't say, you ought to know better. Jesus didn't look at the crowd as wandering around and being wild and doing all kind of stuff. He didn't say, just look at you. You should have had better upbringing. You, you should have gotten your GED. You, you should have gotten yourself together. You, you should have pulled yourself up by your own book. Notice he didn't say that. The word of God says, and he had compassion on them. Mm, compassion. In other words, when we are disciples, we have to do more than just see a situation and talk about it and complain it, but we need to move with passion into action. That, that's what it's all about, to be able to see a situation but be moved by God into action. Then Jesus makes this statement. The harvest is plenteous. Labors are few. The harvest is plentiful. <laughs> How do you get a plentiful harvest? That's my question. How, now, do I have anybody else who have worked on a farm or anybody who does gardening? I know that's kind of a lost cause. You know? God help us if we ever have another real recession and we're going to the grocery store for our food, but that's a whole other sermon. <laughs> well, but folk who, who garden and folk who um, have worked on a farm and, and, and produce, how does a great harvest come? Well, first, you may plant. Yeah, you may water. You may fertilize. You may dig around and get all the weeds out. Now, work with me here. You plant, you water, you fertilize. 
you might even put it in a place where the sun can shine on it. Does that get you the harvest? So after you plant it, after you water it, after you fertilize, after you weed it, how do you get a harvest? You, you kind of have to wait on it. Now, while you're waiting, you ain't doing nothing, but you're waiting. And while you're waiting, God has to work. And God will bring the increase. And I, I want you to hear me. The, the harvest is a product of what God has done and what God has allowed to happen to get it to be a harvest. You plant, you water, you fertilize, and you're waiting for God to move. Let me say that again. You plant it, you you're doing everything you can. You plant it, you fertilize, and you're waiting on God to move. You do what you can do, and then God will do what God can do. But now notice what God says to us. <laughs> he tells us, Jesus says these words to us when he looks with compassion upon the folk, the crowd, and sees their condition, and he says, the harvest is plenteous. In other words, they're now just right for harvesting. That God has done his part, God has allowed the work to happen. He says, it's, 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 it's just right. It's just right. We sometimes get frustrated about the conditions in and around our society and all. I, I just want to give you a news bulletin today. The harvest is plenteous. Yeah, even, even this week watching the news in New Orleans, there were still young black men being shot down in the streets. I was gone the other week and heard we had seven shootings in Savannah. The harvest is plenteous. There's a lot of despair. And um, there are things that can discourage you and would make you feel depressed from the White House to your house. If you just take time to reflect then and the news is not really the news unless it's something that's going to get your attention to get you a little bit upset. And this for free, this on the side. You ought not be watching the news and eating dinner at the same time. Just, don't, just, just take that for what it's worth. Just take it for what it's worth. But, but it's designed for you to get the terrible stuff that's happening. And because of what people are going through and because of the situation we have now, it's true that the harvest is plenteous. What do you mean by that? Well, even when you have spoken to your friends, your family, your loved ones, and told them the right way to go and the things to do and all of this, and it seemed like they didn't hear, and it seemed like they're not understanding, but just allow them to just keep on living, and the harvest will be plenteous. I want to encourage you, don't give up on family friends. Don't give up on your enemies because God has a way of moving in them in such a way that one day the harvest will be plenteous. 
You, 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 might have, you might have prayed for him one day and you might have asked him about accepting Christ. You might have asked him about having this real relationship with Christ. And on all you did, you asked him, you talked to him and played with him. And, and they told you, don't bother me with that stuff. I don't want to hear about all that mess. But I guarantee you, go back a little bit later. It, it might be next week, might be next year, but it might be the next minute. When something happens in their life and is triggered and God moves in a way in their life, even sometimes allowing Satan to beat us down to get to a point where we realize how true it is that we need to serve a true and living God. But when the harvest becomes plenteous, when the harvest is ready, you got to have laborers. And Jesus said, and the laborers are few. So then what you going to do if the labors are few? I start doing a little rap right there. Isn't it? What you going to do if the labors are few? And this text tells us, the text says, pray earnestly. That, 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 that means that's, 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 that's not the prayer where you just, you know, pray your regular, you know, canned prayer. You know, Lord, bless me, bless mom, bless man, amen. No, no. That's the prayer when you're earnestly seeking God. Sometimes when we pray that prayer, we sometimes call our name like God don't know who we are. You know, God, this is Thurman. <laughs> you say, okay, Thurman. <laughs> but, but it's when you're earnestly praying, when you're seriously about getting the results, when you can see how the harvest is. You can see that there are folk who need somebody to stand up for them. You can see that there are folk that need a voice. You can see that there are folk that need somebody to care and to love and to share with them. You can see that there are folk that need to have the Lord in their life. We always say it all the time around here. In order to have a safe community, you ought to have a saved community. How are they going to get saved? The harvest is plenteous. But the laborers are few. Well, if you read that in Matthew chapter 9, the last verse, Jesus says, Ask the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest field. So that means we ought to pray. I said we ought to pray. That God would send laborers. Yeah, we ought, would you join me in praying that God would send laborers? Show me the hands of those who would pray that God would send laborers. He says, pray. That God, we know the harvest is there. We, we know folk need salvation. We know that folk need somebody to give them a hand. We know that situations need to change in the lives of so many folk. He says, the harvest, the laborers are few. We're praying that the Lord would send workers into the vineyard. Gracious God, we're praying right now in the name of Jesus that you send workers, that you send the laborers into the vineyard. Send them, Lord, to reap the harvest that you want reap. In Jesus' name, amen. You pray that the Lord will send. Well, notice also with me that in Matthew chapter 9, the end of chapter 9, Jesus said, pray that the Lord of the harvest will send workers. And then in chapter 10, verse 1, he called the 12 disciples to him, gave them authority to drive out evil spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. Let me put it another way. 
if we look at if we look at the fact that in Luke yeah well no we can stay in heaven we can look at when he said the harvest is plenteous the labors are few he then go forward and tell them this and it is in Luke 10 Begin, he says, verse 2. And he said to them, again, The harvest is plenteous, but the labors are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord for the, of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. And then verse 3, the next word says, Go. Behold, I am sending you. Let me say that again. In other words, we can earnestly pray that the Lord will send workers into the vineyard. When you get off your knees praying, the Lord says, you it. Yeah, yeah don't, 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 don't look for the cowboy on a white horse with a white hat. You it. Don't look for the cavalry. You it. And he's saying we can make a difference in this world by allowing God to use us. The harvest is plenteous. Labors might be few. You pray, now you go. Do we realize that we really have what we need? We have what we need many times and just don't recognize we have it. We were at the Pastor Deacon's retreat that Friday and uh, going into Saturday. And the Saturday we decided we were going to take some time to do some fishing, and uh, we were doing some touring around Blunt Youth Home. We were, we were outside. We were outside. And I looked around, and every last one of the deacons had hats. Straw hats, cap hats, all of them had hats. I'm the only person without a hat. Now, I'm probably the only person who really needs a hat. But, but all the deacons had hats, and I, I didn't have a hat. And I'm like... Well, I, 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 I need a hat, so now I have some choices. I, you know, we, we're, we're not at a place where you can go buy hats. You know, I'm, I'm just stuck, and I don't have a hat. You know, sometimes when you don't have what you need, sometimes you can start complaining so much about not having it. So I'm, I'm just stuck. I'm there. I drove. I drove to the site. They wanted the bus. I drove, got there. There was no hat. And then... After some complaining and some wondering, Lord, how you have me in position? I ain't got no hat. All digging got hat, you know I need a hat. It's hot out here. The sun is shining. <laughs> and then I went to my car and opened the trunk. And I had a hat in the trunk. <laughs> had I not gone to the trunk, I could have gone through the whole retreat without a hat. What, 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 what am I saying? The stuff that our community needs to get done what needs to happen, God has already placed it in you. You just got to pull it out and use it. I, I lost some folk. Y'all didn't get that. One other now, one other, one other one, and, I, and I'm done. One other, one other. I, I, re, I remember the story of a of a man, lady, couple who was going on a cruise. Someone had paid the fare for them. They got a chance to go on a cruise. 
So they were excited about the cruise. And here they were going on the cruise, they, and they, they packed their lunch, or they packed their food, and uh, some to drink. They got they packed all that, and they, they took it on the cruise with them. And while they on the cruise, they started eating some of the fried chicken baked beans that they had, the bologna sandwich the next day that they had. They started eating the tuna fish sandwich and the peanut butter and jelly that, that they had. And um, they saw everybody else eating in the restaurants and eating good. But they said, uh uh, we, don't, we, ain't, we ain't got that kind of money. No, we, we, ain't, no, we ain't paying for all that. No. We're going we gonna to eat what we got right here in our, our basket. We, mm, no, thank you. I ain't going to spend that kind of money. They got down to where they were losing weight on the cruise. Finally, they got off the cruise, got back home, and the person that paid for it said, how did you enjoy the cruise? They said, well, it was, it was hard to make it through because we, we ran out of food on the fourth day. Said, you ran out of food? How you ran out of food? They said, we, we didn't take enough for the whole week. We, we just, we ate more than we, on one day we didn't plan for it. So wait a minute. No, 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 no. When you went on a cruise, the food and the beverages are included. You, 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 you didn't have to pay for it. Was, it was already paid for. I, I said it was all included. You, you didn't have to pay for All you had to do was get on the cruise and enjoy everything because all the food and the beverage, well, it was paid for. It was included. Somebody say included. Hmm. If you have life and faith, miracles are included. We don't have to fret about the plight of young African-American males because we have life and faith and miracles to transform lives and for us to be disciples and to help them to be disciples, God had called them to be, it's all included. Miracles happening every day because of we have life and we have faith. The miracles are right there. Just take it out the trunk. No. Know that it's included. And in this text, in Luke 2, he said, listen, he says, go your way, behold. Jesus says, I am sending you out. Get, get excited about this. I'm sending you out as lambs among wolves. Jesus said, I'm sending you out as lambs among wolves. I'm sending you out as lambs in the midst of wolves. Ain't too excited about that, are you? <laughs> yeah, lamb, wolf. Now, I know y'all not betting people, but, but, but kind of look at it. Don't, don't raise your hand or nothing. If you had to put your money on one or the other, is your money on, don't say it out loud, is your money on the lamb or is your money on the wolf? I send you out as lamb, among wolves. Yeah, 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 you ain't get too excited about that. You said, you need to send me out as a bear. <laughs> I can handle that. He said, no, I, I send you out as lamb among wolves. Get excited about that. 
Well, well, why? Get excited about that. Because the lamb has a shepherd. Yes. Yeah. No, 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 no. You, you need to pray for that wolf. Because you got a shepherd and you shall not want. You got a shepherd who will protect you and guide you and keep you. Will be with you and provide all of your needs. You got a shepherd who created everything that was created. And everything that was created was created by him and for him. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. And if God be for you, it doesn't matter who's against you. But, but what kind of shepherd is it? It's a shepherd that loves us enough to come through 40 and two generations. It's a shepherd that loved us enough that went about doing good as he walked and talked and lived on this earth. It's a shepherd who did all he could for you and for me. It's a shepherd who realized that we would need him in the midst of all of our trials, in the midst of all of our tribulations. It's a shepherd who as he walked and talked and lived on this earth, as he went about doing good, even though people talked about him and ridiculed him, even though people called him everything but a child of God, he was being an example of how we ought to be in this time, in this world, when folk talk about you, when folk ridicule you. Jesus said, blessed are you when men shall revile you and persecute you and say all matter of evil against your falseness for my sake. He says, if you love him, you ought to rejoice and be a seedly glad. No matter what they say, no matter how they say it, you can say, for God I live and for God I die, that I will trust the Lord with all my heart and lean not to my own understanding. Can you see our Lord and Savior, even though they took him from, and you, and you see what they did to him, our Lord and Savior, for you and for me, allowed men, to once he got arrested, he allowed them to whip him all night long. He allowed them to pour the, pour the hair out of his beard. He allowed them to ridicule him, talk about him, abuse him. But our Lord and Savior realized that he had to lay down his life for you and for me. Can you see him when they marched him from judgment hall to judgment hall? Can you see him even when the judge said, I find no fault in him and then sentence him to die on the old rugged cross. Can you see one who loves us so much? He loves us so much that they marched him up to Golgotha's hill, put nails in his hands, nails in his feet, crown of thorns on his head, and on the cross because he loved you so much and he loved me so much. The Bible says, and while we were yet sinners, while we were still messing up, why we didn't have sense enough to praise him on high. Why we didn't know or act like we didn't know right from wrong. The Bible says, he died. He died. He died. He died. But the story doesn't stop there. They placed him in a borrowed tomb. He stayed there all night Friday. Stayed there all day Saturday. Stayed there all night Saturday night. But early, early, early morning he got up with all power power over the grave victory over death he ascended into heaven sent back the Holy Spirit to live in us to guide us to help us to be the laborers he called us to be we can now go and make disciples and baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of 
have the Holy Ghost. We gotta tell the Lord, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Glory to your name. What an awesome God. He's worthy of the praise. He can turn around our situation. He can turn around whatever situation we may be going through. Just trust in the Lord. Just trust in the Lord. He has it. He has it. There may be those today that are saying, I need the Lord in my life. I, I want the Lord in my life. We give you an opportunity to come forward except Jesus Christ, the Lord and Savior. Maybe others who've already accepted Christ but do not have a church home and would like tonight in fellowship with First African Baptist. Walk on down the aisle. Give me your hand. Give us your hand. Give God your heart. God loves you. No, no, no. Understand. God loves you. No matter what has happened in life. He loves you. He cares for you. You may come for baptism. You may come by letter or Christian education. But just come that the Lord might God direct, bless, and keep you. Won't you come today? Remain connected to us as we build God's kingdom together. Join us on Facebook at the historic First African Baptist Church and our website, firstafricanbc.com. You may also contribute through an app called Givelify, G-I-V-E-L-I-F-Y. May God bless you and thank you for worshiping with us.